Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Job today. We're putting it in Job chapter 6, around verse 15. Um, Job's flat on his back, and his three friends are visiting him. And uh, as we we said last time, it's kind of a case where the friends, um, their comments, you know, are really not meeting Job's needs. These are pious platitudes. These are words that sound good, but they just don't help. They just ring hollow because they don't have a lot of love and compassion. They don't bring a lot of comfort. And as we said last time, superficial platitudes really don't bring comfort. Job kind of compares his friends to like a mirage. So Job is bitter. He wants to die. His friends are here. They've been sitting with him for seven days, and now they're speaking to him. And it's interesting, and I'll hit the high, some of the high points here. Um, you know, he compares them to like, um, in verse 15, My brothers are treacherous as a torrent bed, as torrent streams that pass away, which are dark with ice and where the snow hides itself. When they melt, they disappear. When it's hot, they vanish from their place. In other words, they're just not, they don't stay around when the going gets tough. They're, they're not with me. And um, he comes down in verse 24, teach me and I'll be silent. Make me understand how I've gone astray. How forceful are upright words, but what does reproof from you reprove? Do you think that you can reprove words when the speech of a despairing man is wind? He's basically saying, Is there any injustice on my tongue? Verse 30, Cannot my palate discern the cause of calamity? He's saying, interestingly enough, that Job argues as a despairing man he's pouring out his complaints before God and that his friends just assume wrongly that his words reveal something in need of their rebuke as the dialogue progressive progresses Job will increasingly argue that the aim of his friends rebuke misses him entirely 
Okay, and then Bildad's going to echo that Job's reference to his own speech as wind in the opening lines um, as follows. So Job's just saying, look, you're you're just considering whatever I'm saying to you as wind. You know, you're not even hearing my words. So this kind of depressing talk continues in chapter 7. Has not man a hard service on earth and is not his days like days of hired hand, like a slave who longs for the shadow and like a hired hand who looks for his wages? So I'm allotted months of emptiness and nights of misery are appointed to me when I lie down, when I, when I shall rise. But the night is long and I'm full of tossing till the dawn. My flesh is clothed with worms and dirt. My skin hardens and then breaks out afresh. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and come to their end without hope. What's going on? He says, verse 16, I loathe my life. I would not live forever. Leave me alone for my days are a breath. So he's kind of calling out to God right now. He's saying he's 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 lamenting because he describes it, this burdensome weight of God's watchful presence just crushing him. He's just a mortal being. He can't he can't keep up with God's immortality, and he's just being crushed. He's just saying, "Just leave me alone." How long are you going to just look at me and keep your presence around me? Because you're crushing me. How long, verse 19, will you not look away from me, nor leave me alone till I swallow my spit? If I sin, what do I do to you, you watcher of mankind? Why have you made me your mark? Why have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I shall lie in the earth. You will seek me, but I shall not be. So he's just saying, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so uh, Bildad then speaks. He immediately begins with a stern rebuke. Job's, Job's words, this is according to my study Bible, are like a tempestuous wind. And whatever has come upon his children or upon Job himself has to be right because God does not prevent justice. If Job will simply listen to the wisdom with which Bildad is pointing him, he will remember that the wicked do not endure. And Bildad sort of assumes that Job's children have suffered because of their sin. And... uh it's calling Job, he's trying to call Job to remember that if he will repent and he's blameless, then God will spare him from the end that his children have suffered. So Eliphaz kind of counseled on what was on his night vision as he had, and here Bildad seems to be appealing to the tradition of fathers, traditional thinking. And Bildad, according to my study Bible, asserts that if Job were a blameless man, God would not have rejected him. And the tent of the wicked won't stand long. So, in summary, for chapter 8, Bildad's saying, How long will you say these things and the words of your mouth be a great wind? 
You know, does God pervert justice? If your children have sinned against him, he has delivered them into the hand of their transgressions. And if you will seek God and plead with the Almighty for mercy, if you're pure and upright, surely then he will rouse himself for you and restore your rightful habitation. And he's talking about, while verse 12, while yet in flower and not cut down, they wither before any other plant. Such are the paths of all who forget God. The hope of the godless shall perish. He's talking about, you know, if you reject God, Job, you know, you're going to perish. Verse 20, Behold, God will not reject a blameless man, nor take the hand of evil doers. Verse 21, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the tent of the wicked will be no more. So he's saying, Job, if you just turn around and repent, God will save you. And again, these are truths, but they show no compassion for Job's suffering. And we've already as McGee says, we've already been told that God is testing Job. Job didn't do anything to deserve this. We are seeing how easy it is to judge one another, aren't we? So we're going to stop here. We're going to turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through this great book of Job. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean.